Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The following reflects neither the policies nor the thoughts of iHeartMedia or its employees. But we think it's probably a good idea to listen to it anyway. Money Sense is a presentation of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. As managing partners of Kirsten Wealth Management Group, your hosts, Dennis Kirsten, Brad Kirsten, and Kevin Kirsten, are professional financial advisors with over 50 years of combined experience. They can be reached in their offices in Perrysburg at 419-872-0067 or 800-875-1786. Their email address is kirstenwealth at lpl.com. Also visit their website, kirstenwealth.com. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Money Sense. Brad Kirsten along with Kevin Kirsten here this morning. We are taping this show uh, earlier in the week, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the tax plan that came out last week and about the uh, the market so far this week and some of the economic uh, numbers that have come out and, uh, and a little bit of planning topics for you before the, the show is over. Kevin, we did have kind of the biggest news last week that uh, we didn't get a chance to talk to too much about uh, in last week's show, and that is the tax plan. And that's going to be the real driver this year. And uh, I have said since the election that that will be the, the, the key driver. I mean, we have a few other things that will move certain sectors like regulation going away. But what will really change the numbers for earnings, corporate spending, and eventually consumer spending – will be this series of, of tax cuts and however it's implemented and in what how, how big they are. I think the one positive that I took from the initial announcement for the, for the tax plan was that the corporate rate was 15% that they're proposing, uh, which hopefully means that we're not going to go any higher than 20, which makes us very competitive, and a lot more talk about repatriation and, and what that will will mean and what form it will be. Uh, I think both of those are be, will be the one that moves the stock market the most this year. Well, and I think another thing that was interesting, Brad, is the the adjustments to the the potential adjustments to the itemized deduction. So the only thing that they were talking about keeping was just the mortgage deduction and the charitable deduction. Uh-huh. The biggest thing that people would lose would be their uh, state, local, and property tax. Yep. Uh, they would not be able to write that off anymore. So what's interesting is that, the, number one, they're talking about the fact that uh, uh, Trump is only helping out the wealthy. Well, that's certainly not the case. Uh, people who pay high state, local taxes, high property taxes yep. tend to be on the wealthier side. So, so they that- lose big Big uh, uh, property tax owners, uh, people who pay big property tax, are losing that deduction. Right. So it's an attack on them. Well, and I I like the reform as well because it gets the government out of picking winners and losers. Yes. I mean, the, the mortgage one was really probably too hard of a hurdle to get over, but it gets the government out of picking winners and losers. And what is also interesting is it really sticks it to states like California and New York. Yeah. Uh, because if you have high state tax, you're... Your, your people in your state get to take that deduction, and now they're going to lose it. Well, and also think of it philosophically, Brad, from this point of view. All along here, all of us have been subsidizing those states. Mm, yes. 
because although we look at those states and we say, oh, I never want to live there, I never want to live in California, I never want to live in New York, but yet the, the federal government has been giving those people a tax break. So the state gets to keep the, the tax, the state, and, the fe- and the federal government gets less of their tax because so of in that a ra- deduction. So in a roundabout way, the people of Ohio— And Florida and Texas who pay nothing. Exactly. Ohio's taxes have come down with Kasich the last couple of years. We've been subsidizing California and New York's yeah. high state taxes, and under the current proposal, that's going to end. I love it. Let's see how the— uh, Liberal elites in uh, New York and also the Hollywood types like it when they lose their uh, state tax deduction. Let's see when they lose that deduction, how much they like paying. What is it? Eight, ten percent in in uh, California. Oh, gosh, no, it's much more. I'll look I'll look at it over the break. But I want to say California's both of them are double digit. And at the highest level, I I want to say they get up to 14, 15 percent. So when they can't write it off their federal, let's see uh, uh, how much they like that. So. You're simplifying the tax code. You're going down brackets. You're doubling the standard deduction, which, by the way, and we've said this all on the show, but it bears repeating, the standard deduction specifically targets senior citizens, okay, retirees, okay, because you think about the normal lifespan of most people. You start, you get your mortgage, you know, what are you, 35, 30 years old? You get a 30-year mortgage, you're 60, 65, maybe you were itemizing, you're making some more money, you had a higher interest write-off, now you get to retirement, most people want to get that house paid off in retirement, you really can't itemize anymore, mm-hmm. okay? They're keeping the ability to pull money from your retirement account and give it directly to your charity. So even if you don't itemize, you feel, oh, I'm going to lose my charitable. No, you won't because you can still give it right out of your retirement, mm-hmm. your IRA. Yep. So you still get to keep that. So this really helps retired people yep. because it doubles their standard deduction when they weren't itemizing in the first place. Mm-hmm. Just looked it up here. Uh, California is 13.3% on their state uh, and 882 for New York. So you can, I mean, there there are eleven uh, at the highest bracket now. I think uh, we're still we've come down quite a bit in Ohio, but uh, at, at, you're eight or nine percent higher uh, in California. So they lose that ability to deduct that, and so definitely a, a kick uh, to some of the liberal states. Certainly. Well, we just had the NFL draft, so uh, anybody who uh, got drafted to the new uh, Los Angeles Chargers team or uh, yeah. any any team out in San Francisco 49ers, yeah. uh, they're going to lose a whole lot more yeah. of their signing bonus. Maybe Jerry they... Jones could say, hey, I know you're between signing with us or holding out and going to another team, but no state tax here. <laughs> Maybe he could use that as yeah. a selling point. They're, they're going to do the tax equivalent salary uh, for for the for the big uh, the, the highest paid. Well, why do you think virtually every uh, PGA Tour golfer lives in Florida? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, the weather and the golfing and things like that. But there's a lot of warm states. They pick Florida for the for the state taxes. Yep. That's for sure. So. Well, you think about if that all goes through. Okay, maybe it doesn't happen right away. Maybe it doesn't happen in the first tax year. But you pay more tax and you lose that deduction, you're going to figure out the following year or two uh, what state you want to buy another house in and, and declare your residency. We saw that with, with New York State's largest taxpayer, which is a hedge fund manager. He moved to New Jersey. So they lost their highest one. And then several years later, New Jersey lost a couple of hedge fund managers to go to Florida. Uh, so there is this migration to low-tax states, and I think you're going to see that if this goes through. You're going to see a couple years' worth of uh, uh, just – numbers of people leaving the state, especially high taxpayers, going to states like Florida and Texas. So that deduction, Brad, uh, over the next five years was estimated to 
cost the federal treasury 527 billion uh making it one of the largest tax preferences and a big target for those looking to raise revenue so they're talking about so revenue- all this revenue neutral blah 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 that i don't want to hear about well that's one way is you're loving the playing field. You're taking it from the ultra and rich and, and you're not you're not taking from somebody making 250 to 500. You're taking from somebody making 500 million and you're taking it from them. And so that is the goal. So anyone thinking that that it is not a tax cut for the lower and middle class, they're wrong. And I'm hearing that talking point and I actually hear it from clients and I think 63% of the value Brad comes from the the highest the 10 highest tax states mm-hmm. uh, of that $527 billion over five years. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to cause a lot of these states to maybe have to look themselves in the mirror and say, uh-oh, yeah. what, what are we going to do here? Because uh, they may have a little bit more uproar when, when people can't write well, that hopefully off. Hopefully that's one uh, area they don't negotiate on. You know there's going to be some negotiation. But uh, even with the spending bill that, that came out just a few days ago, uh, I know that we probably got this one just about right because I hear both sides complaining. And I hear both sides saying, oh, we got what we wanted. Uh, so if no one's happy, yeah, you're probably right in the middle of the negotiation. And uh, uh, it, it, no one's really bragging about it, but they're both saying uh, that, uh, that Trump didn't do what he said, uh, if you're a Republican. And if you're a Democrat, you're saying, well, uh, Trump is, is, is going crazy with all these cuts. So you're probably right where you should be, and, and you're moving forward, and you didn't have any, uh, any government shutdown. Uh, I hope they dig in a little bit more with some of the cuts come September. This current bill just got us through to September, where we have to make another uh, budget resolution. Brad, some other highlights of the of the tax proposal. I talked about the standard deduction, uh, keeping uh, mortgage and charitable. Um, also, you'll still be able to contribute to your retirement plans and get that right off. Um, no more estate uh, estate tax or death tax. Uh, Steve Mnuchin, the Treasury Secretary, said this money's already been taxed once. Nothing should be taxed double twice. Double taxation, which, by the way, is also a reason for not only lowering but even eliminating the corporate tax because if you don't agree with taxing capital twice, twice. that money's already been taxed in whatever country it was earned and now the US wants to bring it back. So but the 15% is a very good step. Uh, I'd like to see more incentive on the profits that were earned in previous years that 3 trillion dollars that's sitting overseas. Let's incentivize that to come home with a uh, either a holiday or even a five or a ten percent in the first twelve months. Uh, I'd certainly. I think, like, I think like we're going to see, see that. that before the bill is done. That there's going to be some uh, call it loophole for that portion uh, and, and have it have a deadline. I, there's, there's talk of it. Self-employed people under this plan are going to get a big break. That corporate tax used to only apply to corporations. Now, if you're an individual. You're out there. You're 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 working on your own. You're a carpenter. You're a plumber. You're an electrician. You're you you have 1099 income. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're going to be able to pay that corporate tax rate now, mm-hmm. uh, which is very valuable to a lot of small businesses uh, out there who are operate as pass through LLCs and things like that. And that's the very reason that we think the revenue neutral talk is 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 just dumb, short sighted. It's it's naive about how the economy works. If you're giving. Uh, if you have $100 of tax revenue and, uh, and at the end of the day, you still have $100 worth of tax revenue, you have done nothing. But if you have in the first year $90 of tax revenue coming in because you gave a business owner $10 back, he's not just putting it in his pocket. He's either going to spend it on his business to grow. He's going to hire more people. He's going to raise uh, wages. At some point, it becomes revenue neutral down the road. And at some point, 
further down the road, two or three years, it becomes revenue positive because of the growth of that company. And that is why revenue neutral in the first year is so short-sighted. Give an incentive to the business or consumer to spend more money earn more money, and that will make it revenue positive in a, in a very short time. Well, and this just goes, goes to show you how disingenuous a lot of politicians are, Brad. First person out to say that the, they don't like the, uh, losing the state and uh, property tax deduction, Chuck Schumer from New York. Now, this is somebody who's saying that Trump's, Trump's tax plan only helps the rich. Yep. By the way, this is a reduction that only hurts the rich. But he's against it. Why? Because he lives in New York. Because he lives in New York. So, you know, you think that the Democrats are standing out there saying we need to go after the rich, go after the rich until it hits them at their home base. Yeah. And all of a sudden they're against it. Well, I'd like to hear what he says if they say you lose the deduction if you make more than a million. But you don't lose the deduction if you only make X. Because what are they saying then? Then Chuck Schumer's out protecting the millionaire. And so maybe if there's any negotiation at all, they'll say if you make two hundred fifty or five hundred thousand, you get to keep that deduction. But and, you and, phase it out and you lose it if you make over that. And, and, and then by the how way, could they possibly come out and say that that it is it is something we need to keep? Well, and they should even adjust what they say when they say millionaires. By the way, Brad, because there's a lot of two hundred fifty thousand, two hundred thousand dollar a year people who may have a million, Mm -hmm. and they feel like, well, I just heard a politician say they're going to go after me. I have a million dollars. Okay? Yeah. We're talking about people who make a million. Make a million per year. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. Let's take our our pause here, our first pause. We'll come talk a little bit more about taxes and kind of shift into uh, how this talk of taxes is affecting the markets and the economy. You're listening to Money Sense, the advisors of Kirsten Wealth Management Group. We'll be right back. Are you retiring, changing jobs, or looking to reduce your taxable income? At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, they specialize in helping investors determine which IRA is right for them. Whether retirement is around the corner or many years away, rolling your assets into an IRA offers you a number of benefits. To find out more about your rollover options and gain more control over your money, call Dennis Kirsten, Brad Kirsten, and Kevin Kirsten today at 419-872-0067 for a free consultation. Securities offered through L... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
RPL Financial Member, FINRA, SIPC. With Americans enjoying longer and more productive retirement than ever, you need an investment portfolio that continues to work for you. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, they specialize in solid, dependable financial advice designed to help you work toward your objectives in retirement. Whether your personal situation requires low volatility liquid assets or longer-term investments with potentially higher investment returns, it's important to first discuss your options with a trusted financial advisor. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member, FINRA, SIP. As corporations merge, consolidate, and downsize, employees often face tough decisions about what to do with their pensions and 401ks. The choice you make can have serious implication on your retirement savings and the kind of retirement lifestyle you are able to lead. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we are available to help you through the rollover process when you are faced with early retirement or changing jobs. For a free, no-obligation appointment to review your rollover option, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SI. The amount of information available to today's investor means the big picture can be overwhelming. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we help you sort through the clutter, bring your investment goals into focus, and design a portfolio to help you meet them. We stay focused on the one thing that matters most, finding well-management investments one at a time through intensive financial analysis and hands-on research. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis Brad or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA S. IPC. KirstenWealth.com. Under the publication section, Kevin, we got uh, a market commentary this week that talks about the 6,000 level of the NASDAQ and finally breaching that. Uh, we really did go about 20 years here, uh, almost 20 years, of the NASDAQ uh, going down and back up, but essentially sideways and finally breaking out. I read a lot of articles that talk about it in two different ways. Talk about, we finally got back to this all-time high, time to go down. But Obviously, if it's been 17 years since you got to that high, it's a pretty healthy level to break through and uh, a lot more evidence that you could make a case that we are on to the next leg of the bull market. Similar to something that we saw in uh, 1994, you were uh, seven years post-1987. In 1994, you had a lot of people saying, wow, it's the bull market's very long. And I remember what 87 was like, let's Let's be in protection mode. And so a lot of people weren't invested in the early part of the that rally in 95 and 96 because they were fearful of 87. Well, now we have these similarities now to 2008. And 2008 was a, a bigger pullback. So maybe people are even more fearful. But we have the same period of time where the, the bull market seems long. But there's a lot of people not invested and are going to miss out on this next leg of, of the rally, especially if we have this tax cut stimulus. So the NASDAQ and its key levels that just broke through. Uh, what is your take on? Uh, well, you know, when you look at some of these these big booms and busts, too, Brad, what's interesting to me is it's the best performing index from December 31st, 2002, which was the end of the dot-com bust, the NASDAQ. Mm-hmm. So when you look at these various you know, booms and busts, you realize that buying the worst possible thing at the worst possible time turned out to be the best thing you mm-hmm. could do. Yeah. What's what's one of the best performers off the bottom? Real estate from mm-hmm. 2008. So, And I'm hearing a lot of that right now about Europe. I hear clients say, when I say, we have this allocation now to Europe because it's it's very cheap. And they say, but I hear things are really bad over there. Yes, exactly. And it's priced that way. Exactly. But how about let's reflect on NASDAQ 6,000. The NASDAQ hit 5,000 17 years, one month, and 16 days ago, Brad. Uh, By the way, it hit 4,000 only three months earlier. 
Okay. So, you know, you talk about these thousand point increments on the Dow Jones, which we've been discussing. Well, 1,000 points took 17 years on the NASDAQ. So, but looking at it here, price to earnings ratio on the NASDAQ back in 2000 was 107 versus 22 today. Uh, let's see, uh, when you look at the tech sex- sector concentration uh, at, the, at the peak, uh, the tech sector was 34% of the S&P uh, compared to with just 5% in the early 90s. So it went from 5% of the S&P 500 to 34. Mm-hmm. The current level is 22, and the NASDAQ had a 57% tech w- weighting at the peak. It's only 44 today. There's a lot more healthcare and biotechnology in yep. there as well, mm-hmm. and other and other sectors as well. Uh, looking at uh, NASDAQ 2000, uh, the steepness of the two rallies, the NASDAQ gained 22% over the past two years compared to almost 200% in the two years leading to the peak of March of '09, so that, that's that's a very important. It one. is important because people are trying to make the the case that uh, we're overvalued or we've run too far. Need to take a look back at history. How far did we run before the last peak? Two hundred percent, over two hundred percent. This time in the around, Nasdaq, the this S&P time around, wasn't as much, right? Yeah, th- this time around on the Nasdaq, twenty two percent in two years. Okay, we're we're just getting started. So when you look at confidence numbers, both business and consumer, much lower than they were in the year 2000. Investor sentiment is much lower. The percentage of bulls reached a record high in 2000, 75% bullish, an average 60% for an eight-week period. Today's bullishness is 38% with an eight-week average of 31%. How about equity uh, fund flows? Uh, fund flows were $25 billion per month in early 2000 compared to outflows for each month over the past year, except for February. Huh. $14 billion flowed out of equity mutual funds during March of 2017, compared to $25 billion in in the year 2000. Not even adding in exchange-traded funds gets the flows to positive territory for the past 12 months. Mm-hmm. So you can blame it on indexing. No, even if you add in indexing, it's still negative over the last 12 That's months. 17 years ago, with a, a market cap of the overall economy and market, being smaller. much smaller, exactly. a lot fewer investors, just a, a, a lot of kind of inflation-adjusted factors that aren't even not, are not even in that stat. 48% of households in the year 2000, Brad, own stocks compared to 38.5% today. This level seems uh, reasonable, even though it is above its 30-year average of 31.2. I mean, I think as pensions are going away, more people own stocks by default, mm-hmm. but to think that we were at 48 and we're only at 38 today, that's a pretty big drop in 17 years. Um, so margin debt is lower than it was in the year 2000. Uh, so you know, you look at market sentiment, margin debt. So it's a very different NASDAQ from, from 17 years ago. The number one stock, of course, now is Apple, uh, the biggest stock. Uh, when I say number one, I mean largest. Mm-hmm. The biggest stock in 2000 was Cisco. And, and you know, many of the, the, the largest companies in the NASDAQ today – look a whole lot more like value names as opposed to growth names. There's actual earnings. Apple now pays the largest dollar amount of dividend of any stock, just went around ExxonMobil, of any stock in the market. Now, back then, Apple was in the NASDAQ, but it didn't pay a dividend. So even though Microsoft pays a high dividend now, Intel pays a very high dividend Mm -hmm. now. So you have these dividend-paying, cash-rich, high annual cash flow companies Mm -hmm. 
Sounds like, and in fact, Apple has has gone back and forth, Brad. A lot of times, when you look at the S and P five hundred, there's a there's a value side of mm-hmm. two hundred fifty names yep. and a, and a growth side of two hundred fifty names. And there's a lot of companies that are right in the middle. Apple sort of bounces back and forth between the growth and the yeah. value index. Yeah, I would say right now it has more characteristics of that value company. And also keep in mind the one driver here going forward for this year for a lot of these companies, especially the tech companies, healthcare included, though, in the Nasdaq are ones that have some of the highest revenue overseas and some of the highest profits overseas that are sitting there and are going to benefit the most from repatriation. So you could make a case uh, that the NASDAQ is maybe a better play for repatriation coming uh, coming later this year. You know, when you really look at this, and there's you could check it out on our website, KirstenWealth.com. It is the weekly market commentary. When you look at this chart here, there was, of course, a major breakout on all markets in, in when they got above their 2007 levels. Mm-hmm. And that that resulted in a rally for the NASDAQ, which started in 2012 and lasted all the way to 20, uh, mid-2014 before it slowed, slowed down again. So from 2012 to 2014, the NASDAQ broke above its 07 level, mm-hmm. got all the way back to its 2000 level, and then sold off again. Mm-hmm. So you think about it logically. Even if you had people that were around for those 17 years, they say, okay, I get to my next peak, I'm going to get out. Yeah. Well, that's already happened, and now we're breaking above that level again. And if, if you use history as our guide, that's a, that's, that's a good thing mm-hmm. when an index breaks out above a previous level. And I think it's more powerful when it's one that's been around for 17 years. Absolutely. And I, and I think not just the NASDAQ, but you could make a case for breaking out of those levels that have, have they've stuck around with a longer time on the broader market. And that's what I was mentioning with the S&P 500. And you can compare it to that breakout that we finally saw in 1994, uh, comparing it to the, the market from 87 to 94. You had two years in, in uh, 90, uh, late part of 93 to all the way to the end of 94, uh, where it spent 18 months going sideways. It had a couple corrections in the middle. And you take a look at that with the 2015, uh, 14 months of going sideways and, and really 22 months of only being slightly up with two 12% corrections. And what do we have in 94? You had a lot of people not believing it because of fear of 90, 1987 again. And now we have a lot of people not believing it because of the fear of another 2008, just at the time where the market is starting to make new highs and people selling into that rally a little too quickly. And that's what you saw in the begin- early part of the 1995 rally. People selling too early. It went much longer. Biggest gains coming at the very tail end of that. So you look at year to date, and there's a lot of talk now. We're in May. We always get that May talk, Brad. Mm-hmm. Sell in May, go away. The the worst six months of the year are May to November. Best six months of the year historically are November to May. And by the way, it's still positive. Yeah. 1.4% on average. Uh, For the month of May or the whole period? May to October. Yep. May 1st to October 31st. And um, it's it's the worst six month period. the The best is November to April, uh, followed by October to March, December to May. Uh, second worst, April to September. So they're all sort of in that seasonal mode. But by the way, it's still high, higher on average, sixty three percent of the time. Mm-hmm. And by the way, when you add in a couple different factors, it increases the the long term historical return of the S and P five hundred greatly. So when November to April is up ten percent or more, which we had. Mm-hmm. It's 2.2% return in May May to November. When we're in a post-election year, it's 2%. When the S&P is already up 5% year-to-date going into May, it's almost 4%. 
return so, from May to November. By the way, all three factors are on our side. Mm-hmm. We're in a post-election year. We were up 10% or more from November to April, and the S&P is up a little bit more than 5% mm-hmm. uh, going into uh, the month of May. So all those factors are on our side that pushes the odds a little bit more in your favor. You know, I, I just th- to- I, I think there's a little bit of uh, perception, call it a myth, that the sell and man go away is, is, is avoiding losses. Is negative, right. And they're not avoiding losses. Yep. The long-term average is still positive, and in this low-yielding bond world, I'll take any positive over what bonds might give you over that period of time. Because if they drift up, interest rates drift up, we can see a negative period of time for bonds in the sell and man go away. And sell and man go away might be a case for bonds this year, but I don't think it's a case for stocks with all the pending positive news that could come out of Washington. Right. And and it might be back end loaded. We might go through a little bit of a lull here in the summertime. You can always have a correction that can happen for any number of reasons. Some make no sense at all. But uh, those 5 to 10% corrections can happen anytime. However, we would see that as a buying opportunity. You know, when we look at the metrics that we're looking for to anticipate a recession, Many of the things that we look at still point to at least 12 months before anything like that could be on the horizon. Let's take our next pause. We come back, talk a little bit about some of our conversations with clients and questions we get during the week. You're listening to Money Sense. Brad and Kevin Kirsten. We'll be right back. Whatever your financial goals, working with a professional independent financial advisor improves your chances of success. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we stay on top of the economy and market so you don't have to. Using sophisticated planning tools and extensive research, we build long-term strategies that balance your financial objectives, your time horizon, and risk tolerance. To schedule a free no-obligation consultation, contact Dennis Brad or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. 
If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-224-5353. That's 1-800-224-5353. 1-800-224-5353. Or go to selectquote.com. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. It's hard to tell whose best interests some financial advisors have in mind. Our financial advice is based on fees, not commissions. Because Kirsten Wealth Management offers no proprietary investment products, we are free to choose products that best meet clients' needs, which help to preserve the integrity of our investment advice. With an unbiased approach to investing, our only goal is to help you reach yours. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. If you're listening on iHeartRadio and didn't hear any of our ads, you can find some of our uh, commentary and uh, our information on our website, KirstenWealth.com. Kevin, occasionally we'll look at portfolios that we own for clients, maybe look at the top 10 of what people own, and I'll try to point out the fact that while it's a well-diversified portfolio – and you maybe own X percent in stocks, you don't see those individual stock positions, and there's a reason for it. And a lot of clients might ask the question, why don't you like individual stocks? And the reason is, I know what goes into building a portfolio of individual stocks uh, for some of these managers. I know how much research is involved, and maybe it's easy to buy an individual stock, but it's not easy to know when to sell. It's not easy to know uh, what what sectors we want to uh, go from and, and into. It's it's just, it's hard. It's a hard thing to do. And to build a portfolio uh, that has four or 500 stocks and continues to evolve, I think a lot of clients, if they knew what the managers were doing for somewhere between half a percent and three quarters of a percent, they would think that they're getting a really good deal. Well, and also, Brad, just not even being able to assess risk, yeah. which is probably the most difficult thing to do when investing. And I'll give you an example of not assessing risk that I that I even had this week. And, you know, this is part of the reason why people come to us. So I'm sitting down with a lady, and uh, she's in her 80s, very, very conservative and cautious, and we're talking about many conservative things that uh, she can do to reduce risk. And she said, you know, my, my grandson said he owns Oracle and the stock. And I was thinking, you know, that would be a, a, a nice thing to own. And I had to point out to her, I said, you know, in the, in, the, in the scheme of what we're talking about today and you buying one individual stock with your money, that's one of the riskiest things you can do. Mm-hmm. And, and it was interesting, her response. She said, oh, you think Oracle's a risky company? And I said, I'm not saying that. Right. You could have picked any company. Yeah. But owning one individual stock compared to a diversified portfolio, adding in fixed income Mm -hmm. because you're either at retirement or in retirement and fixed income has different characteristics than stocks in terms of risk, adding that back into the equation, you know, all these things that go on and then somebody says, well, what if I just bought that one stock? It, It amazed me because people don't understand. I mean, that is like the difference between investing and gambling, driving the speed limit and strapping yourself self to a rocket launcher yep. and going into space. You might get there faster, <laughs> but you also might blow up along uh, the way. Yeah, I know. It's unbelievable that people don't know. I mean, I always try to rate the risk on whether it's 0 to 10 or 0 to 100 and try to say, oh. you know, I'm talking about for you going from 0 to 2 
you're, you're talking talk- about something that's at 95. Right, <laughs> right. Well, the other thing I wanted to point out, and I point this out to clients sometimes, we talk about how many meetings these managers might have. This that I printed out was was a kind of a, uh, a, a, flip, a quarterly kind of flip book from one of our managers that we use in the long short space, actually. And uh, But it's kind of a boutique manager, smaller firm. I think the total assets are, uh, I think, $4 billion for the fund, which is relatively small. And yet, when I look at the makeup of the, of the management team, it has one lead manager and six other managers of the portfolio. They have an analyst for every sector. They have four analysts for consumer sectors, four analysts for energy and utilities, four for, six for financial services, four for healthcare, seven for industrial materials, 10 for te- uh, technology and telecom, and three macro strategists. Okay, That's what they're doing for half a percent to manage the entire portfolio of stocks. What are you doing? I turned on the radio and heard that Jim Cramer likes it. I mean, that is not an investment strategy. It is gambling. And that's the reason Cramer's show is called Mad Money. It's supposed to be for your the, the, the risky gambling part of the portfolio. To build a retirement strategy, uh, you just cannot do it effectively sitting in Toledo, Ohio, uh, occasionally looking at it on your home computer – Buying individual stocks. At some point, you're going to blow the portfolio up. It might no, work and for a while. Get, you might work. If 90% of the stocks are going up, you've probably got a good chance. Well, and a lot of people did that, Brad, from 1995 to 1999. And listen, if you if you did that and you got out, you know, congratulations. But most people had nice gains and confused what the market was doing with their own brilliance mm-hmm. and then ended up losing it all mm-hmm. and or most of it. And it didn't really matter that you had good returns in 95, 96, 97, 98, 99 if you lost it all the next year. That's right. And I, I think if somebody were to buy some individual stocks and never touch them, yes, if you bought enough of them, it's going to work. Why does it work? Because stocks go up 70% of the time. So it's going to it's gonna work. But let's not confuse that with uh, with you had some sort of knowledge that the market wasn't already pricing in. And that's the difference. The the edge that a manager and all the research analysts might have is to be able to make the call that a sell-off in a certain stock is not justified and there's a little bit of a, a mispricing there. But being able to turn the TV on and watch what everyone else is watching and get some sort of edge or mispricing in a stock that isn't completely priced accurately um, is, is just a fool's game. And I think that uh, when you're talking about your retirement strategy, being able to sleep at night and knowing that you're uh, you're not going to outlive your money, I think you'd have to do it a little bit differently. And in this in this market where uh, bonds are yielding nothing, and you need to have maybe five or ten percent more in stocks, even more of a reason to have a professional helping you manage it. Whether it's that your financial advisor putting it all together for you, or that financial advisor using a team of experts to to put it all together. I think it's all important. And I think uh, whatever you're paying managers and advisors is well worth it. Well, Brad, and also when you're looking at investing, there's a whole world of investing out there that if you try to buy individual stocks, there's many stocks you cannot buy mm-hmm. in the United States unless you have an index or a portfolio manager. And so I was looking at that, and we've talked international. That's what I'm referring to uh, in, in many cases. And I just want to uh, uh, read a quote from uh, a manager that we respect here, uh, uh, George Evans from uh, Oppenheimer. And it says, uh, U.S. equities have outperformed international equities in recent history. Why should investors continue to hold a meaningful allocation to international considering 
how much outperformance we've seen. He said, we're in the longest period of U.S. outperformance as measured by the S&P 500 versus international markets as measured by the MSCI EFA index since it was established in 1969. Given the nature of markets, another period of EFA outperformance is inevitable. The question is when and the timing of mm-hmm. it. The timing, however, is impossible. Attempting to t- time it is also expensive. For example, when looking at the annualized performance of the EFA since its inception, missing only the sixth the best six months, just a 1% of all periods cost investors 2% a year or, or 124% over the whole period. Missing five of the 46 years, not even 11% of the period, cause investors to actually lose money. Trying to, trying to time it is self-defeating. But when looking at it and knowing that it's been outperformance for eight years now, it certainly uh, seems like at some point that will shift. Mm-hmm. And uh, these tend to go in, in you know, five to ten year cycles. It's hard to say when international equities will begin to outperform, but he says at some point I'm certain they will in the future. That's not really going on mm-hmm. a limb. It yeah. will happen at yeah. some point. But the point is, how long has it already been? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Helping to support this is relative valuations. The U.S. is richly valued compared to other large geographies in the world. In addition, a strong U.S. dollar will eventually weigh on earnings uh, momentum in the U.S., whereas the weaker euro, uh, pound, and yen, we, we had a weaker dollar in other periods of time when we were outperforming. Now that is shifting. So there could be a boost to European and Japanese companies by increasing the price competitiveness of their goods and services abroad. So, you know, something to think about as well when you're talking about, you were saying, what goes into a portfolio and, mm-hmm. and active and passive and things like that. But also keep in mind that I, 99.9% of what people buy if they're buying individual stocks large U.S. large <laughs> U.S. companies. Yeah. They don't buy any mid. They don't buy any small. They, they don't, don't buy any international. They don't buy any international small. How are you going to pick your international small? I mean, if I said, okay, fine, it's a it's a good strategy to buy individual stocks. What do you like in the emerging market small cap space? Okay, we're not going to have an answer to that. And mm-hmm. so if that's going to be their best performing uh, uh, sector, you're going to be missing out on it. I want to make one more point here as you're talking about international. You always hear a stat of uh, X percent of managers don't beat the overall market. There is a – I'm looking at a chart actually that compares to the S&P 500 if that's what the, the manager is benchmarked to. And while it's true that the total number of funds over time has generally stayed below 50 percent beating their benchmark or beating the S&P 500. But the number – the percentage of managers versus the percentage of assets in those portfolios always has a gap that is higher. It's never lower, meaning – the number of dollars that outperforms is always higher. And the number of dollars usually have a gap of 15 to 20 percent more dollars outperforming than managers outperforming. Currently, that gap is 15 percent. The highest it's been is the dollars that are outperforming in the from the 1978 to 1986. It, it went as high as 94 percent. It stayed above 70 percent for about a 10 year period. So keep in mind that. Nobody's in the bad managers. So while there might be there's no money in those there's portfolios. thousands of of portfolios out there with underperforming managers and no one is in them. And so if you're taking a look at all the, that stat, it is a little bit of a myth to say that they don't beat the market because you have in that list S&P 500 uh, funds that have a. 20.2% expense charge that will certainly underperform the S&P 500 because they own the S&P 500 and charge a fee. Well, they're certainly going to underperform. There's no way to outperform. There is no management. Mm-hmm. They're all included 
in that stat. But when you look at the dollar amount that is in the the good the the top performing managers, it always exceeds fifty percent. And the point of all of it is, it exceeds it even more in international, and it exceeds it even more in bonds. If you look at a list of dollars that are outperforming with international, it usually stays between seventy and eighty percent of dollars outperforming the benchmark. So you can make a case that it matters even more as you're adding to international. Well, I want to I touch, when we get back from the break, touch on the bond concept, too, because I think a lot of people miss that. Money, a lot of money flowing into uh, exchange-traded funds. And on the fixed income side, the aggregate bond index. Right. I want to talk a little bit about that. When we get back from the break, you're listening to Money Sense. Kevin and Brad Kirsten will be right back. Are you retiring, changing jobs, or looking to reduce your taxable income? At Kirsten Wealth Manager Group, they specialize in helping investors determine which IRA is right for them. Whether retirement is around the corner or many years away, rolling your assets into an IRA offers you a number of benefits. To find out more about your rollover options and gain more control over your money, call Dennis Kirsten, Brad Kirsten, and Kevin Kirsten today at 419-872-0067 for a free consultation. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member, FINRA, SIPC. Dad, slow down. We're not in that big of a hurry. We have to be there by 7. We'll be even later if we crash. I'm not going that fast. Faster than we need to. You know, you're pretty wise for a 15-year-old. Thanks, Dad. Crashes are a leading cause of death globally, but driving the speed limit decreases your risk of a collision. Pledge your commitment to safe driving at togetherforsaferroads.org slash pledge. Brought to you by Together for Safer Roads, companies driven to save lives. Get ready for a once-in-a-lifetime double feature. Straight No Chaser and Postmodern Jukebox Together Live. Double Feature Tour. Friday, July 14th, Toledo Zoo Amphitheater. Tickets on sale now at LiveNation.com or charge by phone 800-745-3000. Your favorite hits like you've never heard them before. Straight No Chaser and Postmodern Jukebox. With Americans enjoying longer and more productive retirement than ever, you need an investment portfolio that continues to work for you. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, they specialize in solid, dependable financial advice designed to help you work toward your objectives in retirement. Whether your personal situation requires low-volatility liquid assets or longer-term investments with potentially higher investment returns, it's important to first discuss your options with a trusted financial advisor. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIP. Call us at 419-872-0067. Kevin, we're talking about managers outperforming, where they tend to outperform more. Uh, I think we've talked about it in past shows with U.S. stocks. You will find more outperformance on mid and small. Uh, You'll find uh, less outperformance on something that... If we have a preference for indexing, it would certainly be in the large cap space. Absolutely. Very, much more difficult for a manager to outperform. And if they are in the large cap space, yep. they better only have 30 to 50 stocks. Because if you're in the large cap space and you have 300 stocks, you're not going to outperform. No, no. The um, fees alone would, would, would eat it up. So you better be a concentrated large cap manager or there's no point. Right. International uh, to, to a little bit larger extent. But the the area where you see the most money flowing and tends to be in the wrong direction a lot of times, is the fixed income market. From 2009, by the way, this is an article by Vanguard, mm-hmm. Brad. Vanguard. Mm. 86% from 09 to 2013, 86% of fixed income managers. That includes the good ones and the bad ones that mm-hmm. you were referencing, the ones with a lot of money and the ones with no money. This is all managers. 86% of active management beat 
the aggregate bond index. That's the Vanguard Total Bond Index. That's the Fidelity Total Bond Index. That's the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index. I never hear that stat on on, on TV. I never no, they, hear, uh, make sure you don't use the index with bonds. You don't hear that. And that's where all the money flow is going right now is to bonds and to indexing your bonds. We're at 30% of all fixed income money is now in the aggregate bond index, Brad. Why is that? Well, number one, the aggregate bond index is designed to mirror all the bonds in the world. Well, after all the Federal Reserve bond issuing that's gone on over the last eight years, that index has become a very large percentage in U.S. Treasuries. So let me say it a different way. The larger the bond market, the more the bond aggregate will own because it is market cap weighted. The larger the market, the more that's in the index. And so so what has been growing? What's the biggest market? Government debt. What has been shrinking? Corporate, corporate debt. Corporate debt. They don't need to issue bonds. They they have to hold cash because the government says they do. So if they have to hold all this cash, why do they need to issue bonds? That's right. So instead of actively going out there and saying, what do we want to own, especially in a rising interest rate environment? By the way, Brad, that 86% number goes even higher in rising rate periods. Okay? The only time in the last 15 years that the aggregate bond index has even stood a chance against active management was in periods of time where where, where yeah, rates were plummeting were plummeting rate. yeah, rates yeah, yeah. were plummeting rates because US treasuries do so well in that period but other than that you're looking at a, a at a massive outperformance and the bottom line is with the aggregate bond index spread i have a chart going back to 1975 at the end of the period when you when you buy that mm-hmm. you buy the vanguard total bond index you get the yield i have a chart of the performance of the aggregate bond index and the yield, and they are right on top of each other. Mm-hmm. At the end of five or ten years, your performance will be the yield. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right now, the aggregate bond index yields about two. You're going to get two. Mm-hmm. You might have a six-month period where you do a little bit better, but it's going to come back to what that yield is. It always does. It always does. I, I want to talk about the, just the, the, the psychology of why a manager can outperform, especially the uh, the the index, but also an individual investor in the bond world. With stocks, it doesn't matter. You might even make a case that somebody buying a thousand dollars worth of Apple can get a better price than a manager buying ten million dollars worth of Apple because he's going to drive the price up on right. Apple. By the time he gets his last share, it's going to be a higher price than what you would have paid just buying a thousand dollars. In fact, yeah, there's, it's a completely in stock in the stock world, Brad. It's a completely level playing field, and we're not saying go active or not. We're saying that be smart about it. Yeah. There are areas where active does better, and there's areas where passive indexing does so better. Let's say, when there is a bond issuance, I don't care what the dollar amount is. I don't care if the company's doing a $100 million bond. If it's a good one, they go out and— It never hits the open market. It won't even—you will not even see that at all. Every dollar will get eaten up by the, the largest managers first, then the secondary managers next. And if none of them want it, it will go out to the open market. And so what are you left with as you're looking at a sheet of available bonds at your broker, dealer, or online? You're left with, with the scraps that no one that nobody wants. Wanted, right. And so while it might be priced right, it is not – everyone has passed on it. So is that what you want to own in your portfolio, what every manager has passed on? Or do you want to just rely on the research of the manager on what to buy and sell and first look at those bonds? Well, and also, Brad, the price is negotiable mm-hmm. when when it comes to the managers going in and buying the fixed income. The price on stocks is not negotiable. No, it is it is the price. It is the price that you see on your but, computer screen on a TV. But if you're buying a thousand dollars worth of a bond, 
you're going to have a larger spread than a manager buying $100 million worth of a bond. They can dictate their price and have a very small spread, very very small commission or premium that they have to pay versus what you have to pay. They pay less, they sell for less, and they get first pick. So I, I think they have a little bit of an advantage over the individual investor. Well, and also keep in mind, too, that hurts you on the way in and on the way out. So if you're buying these 10000 or 50000 bond, dollar bonds. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yielding four, and you've got to pay 2% of the way in and, and 2% of the way out. Right, or you got a year's worth of yield that's going away because of that spread or that commission. And the active manager doesn't have that. Have that. So they can add a lot of value uh, to the overall portfolio simply on the buying and selling, which you don't get in individual stocks. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get that. So I think that that's something that, that uh, many people miss. They think that, well, I'd just rather own these bonds. I can hold them at maturity. Uh, you're not going to see any of those same bonds right. in, a, in an active portfolio. Yeah. So it's, it's one of the areas that I think people discount the professional management of all of what we're talking about here. Uh, you know, when you – if you juxtapose it with any profession, right, I, I could probably uh, figure out how to buy, build my own house, but I don't want to. Because I wouldn't trust that it's not going to fall down on me. And I think that a lot of people think that it's easy to build a retirement portfolio. But if I were to look at it, I would say, I hope it doesn't fall down on you before the end of that retirement. Well, to piggyback on that analogy, Brad, there's some things you can do on your own. Yeah. You want to build a shed yourself in the backyard? You probably can do that. Yes. Okay? And that's where you go to the difference between some areas you want to own active and you want to have management help and some areas you can be passive and you don't need any assistance with that. Yes. So on a smaller scale, sure. Do it yourself. You just started investing. You're fresh out of college. You don't have a lot of money yet. I just want to buy Apple. And when I get more money, I'll, I'll, I'll seek professional advice. No problem. I have no problem with that. But even if someone's buying the S and P 500, Brad, okay. And that's a great way to start. Yeah. Okay. You start investing for the first time. You want to build something up by the S&P 500. But every single time I've ever sat down with someone, I give them one little tip. And I say, you know, you can equal weight the S&P 500 mm-hmm. instead of market cap weight. Well, what's that? Mm-hmm. That one little tip over 20 years has added more than a percent to the performance per year mm-hmm. of the S&P 500. And, and about 80% of years outperform over a 50-year period. So so even if you think you can do it on your own and you, you say, ah, I'm just going to buy the S&P, no problem, one little tip adds that much performance to your bottom line. So, you know, you you got you to gotta pay attention to everything and you don't really know what, what you, you don't, don't know. know. So, yep. you know, pay attention to that. And if you want to get... Uh, tips and advice throughout the week, you can always find us on our website, KirstenWealth.com. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash KirstenWealth. This week's uh, articles, Brad, over the last week, uh, we're talking about the S&P. On April 26th, we did Anatomy of an Index. How does the S&P 500 work? So Mm -hmm. you can see how that market cap weighting comes in. That's on our Facebook page. Also, you can find that same article on Twitter as well for any of us. Emergency fund. How how much emergency fund do you need? I I run into this a lot, Brad, uh, sitting down with people. A lot of money in the bank. We know it doesn't earn anything. You don't want to take it down to zero. Certainly don't want to invest any short-term money. Mm -hmm. But... How much emergency fund do you need in that bank account? So I think have- a lot of people, when they think of the emergency fund, too, need to think about what, what bucket of money am I investing into? If it's going into an annuity that you can't get at until you're 60 or your retirement plan that you really shouldn't touch until you're 60, I would call that not part of the re- emergency fund. But if you're investing in a non-retirement portfolio that only takes you three days to get back in your checking account, 
That's about as good and, as an and emergency the money, fund. And the money stays liquid with no penalties or fees or anything like yeah, that. You haven't like, bought what, something that charges you a commission. You right. don't have something that has a penalty. Uh, you know, you could consider that, uh, as uh, depending on how it's invested, part of your emergency fund. So you don't have to always have it in cash in the checking account. You can get a lot of it invested, and if it's in a non-retirement account like that with no penalty, I think you can take it. Take that level of emergency fund that you might read as a rule of thumb and uh, and probably cut it in half. Final article here, Brad, uh, posted on May 1st. When you chase the market, it's easy to fall behind. Develop a sound investment strategy uh, talking about chasing market returns, mm-hmm. which we which we see quite often. That's why historically you see mutual fund por- the portfolios do well, mm-hmm. but the underlying investors don't because they're chasing that performance, chasing those returns. Over the last several years, you see that uh, quite a bit. You see that all, all the time. <laughs> we're going to have a market that uh, goes has different leaders. And I think even if we're not selling stocks to go to bonds, you certainly can be shifting the portfolio and what leaders you own in the portfolio and what your highest weightings are. That's what we do uh, for our clients in our models. And if you want to talk about that, call us at our Perrysburg office during the week. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to Money Sense, brought to you each week by Kirsten Wealth Management Group. To contact Dennis, Brad, or Kevin professionally, call 419-872-0067 or 800-875-1786. Their email address is kirstenwealth at lpl.com, and their website is kirstenwealth.com. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. As corporations merge, consolidate, and downsize, employees often face tough decisions about what to do with their pensions and 401ks. The choice you make can have serious implication on your retirement savings and the kind of retirement lifestyle you are able to lead. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we are available to help you through the rollover process. When you are faced with early retirement or changing jobs, for a free, no-obligation appointment to review your rollover option, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. The amount of information available to today's investor means the big picture can be overwhelming. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we help you sort through the clutter, bring your investment goals into focus, and design a portfolio to help you meet them. We stay focused on the one thing that matters most, finding well-management investments one at a time through intensive financial analysis and hands-on research. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis Brad or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Whatever your financial goals, working with a professional independent financial advisor improves your chances of success. At Kirsten Wealth Management Group, we stay on top of the economy and market so you don't have to. Using sophisticated planning tools and extensive research, we build long-term strategies that balance your financial objectives, your time horizon, and risk tolerance. To schedule a free no-obligation consultation, contact Dennis Brad or Kevin Kirsten at 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. It's hard to tell whose best interests some financial advisors have in mind. Our financial advice is based on fees, not commissions. Because Kirsten Wealth Management offers no proprietary investment products, we are free to choose products that best meet clients' needs, which help to preserve the integrity of our investment advice. With an unbiased approach to investing, our only goal is to help you reach yours. For more information or to schedule a consultation, call Dennis, Brad, or Kevin at Kirsten Wealth Management, 419-872-0067. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIP. 
SIPC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.